Welcome to the Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast. I'm Karen Wright Marsh, and this is the place to find beautiful and broken companions for your everyday pilgrimage. Do you wonder if Christian faith can be truly lived in today's complex and changing world? Well, here you'll find embodied witnesses, Christians from different eras and different cultures. They're people we sometimes call saints, but they were also sinners, just like you and me. Today, I'm here to tell the story of Sojourner Truth with author and leadership coach Natasha Sistrunk Robinson. I'm delighted that you're here with us. story told about Sojourner Truth. She and a number of clergymen, intellectuals, and abolitionists had gathered at the home of Harriet Beecher Stowe, the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin. When someone asked her if she preached from the Bible, Sojourner Truth said that no, she didn't because she couldn't read. But, she said, when I preaches, I has just one text to preach from, and I always preaches from this one. My text is, When I Found Jesus. Well, you couldn't have found a better one, declared one of the ministers. In fact, Truth preached on more than finding Jesus. She boldly called for the abolition of slavery and for women's rights, to name only two themes. And she became one of the most celebrated and controversial itinerants of her era. This future abolitionist, was born enslaved in southeastern New York in 1797, at a time when slavery was still legal in that state and would continue to be legal for the next 30 years. Named Isabella Baumfrey, she was one of 13 children born to a family forced to live in the drafty, cramped cellars of their enslavers. Isabella spoke only Dutch, the language of the Baumfries, until the age of nine, when she was sold, along with a herd of sheep, for only $100. She suffered abuse at the hands of numerous enslavers before ending up, at age 13, as the property of John Dumont. For 17 years, she worked for Dumont and his wife. She gave birth to five children. At last, Isabella escaped to freedom with her infant daughter, Sophia, forced to leave her other surviving children behind. She would later say, I did not run off, for I thought that wicked, but I walked off, believing that to be all right. Guided by a vision from God, she found her way to the home of Isaac and Maria Van Wegener, a Quaker couple who purchased her from Dumont and freed her from enslavement. After gaining her own freedom, Isabella learned that her son Peter, then five years old, had been sold illegally to Alabama. She took the issue to court. After months of legal proceedings, she got back her son, one of the first black women to sue a white man and win her case. 
Isabella had a spiritual experience that solidified her emerging faith. She described how God revealed himself to her with all the suddenness of a flash of lightning, showing her in the twinkling of an eye that he was all over, that he pervaded the universe, and that there was no place where God was not. I just walked round and round in a dream, she marveled. Jesus loved me. I knowed it. I felt it. During the years that followed, though, her theology was shifting. She joined a cult whose leader eventually murdered one of the members. During another period, she followed the Millerites, who predicted that Christ would return in 1843. Then she moved to New York City, found work as a domestic servant, and became active in a Methodist church. Desiring to make a fresh start, Isabella asked God for a new name. Again, she had a vision in which God renamed her Sojourner because she declared, I was to travel up and down the land, showing the people their sins and being a sign unto them. Then she asked God for a second name, saying, Everybody else had two names, and the Lord gave me truth because I was to declare the truth to the people. Inspired by God's call on her life, the newly named Sojourner Truth left the city and traveled throughout New England, preaching and organizing local prayer meetings and meeting abolitionists like Harriet Beecher Stowe and William Lloyd Garrison. In 1850, she published her autobiography, dictated to Olive Gilbert. The book brought her fame and some income, but with that fame came harassment. When she was told the building where she was to speak would be burned if she preached, she replied, then I will speak to the ashes. After being physically assaulted by one particularly aggressive mob, her injuries forced her to walk with a cane for the rest of her life. The formerly enslaved Sojourner Truth focused her most virulent attacks upon the institution of slavery. But she was a woman, too, and she became an avid supporter of women's rights. For many Northern listeners, this stance was even more controversial than her anti-slavery preaching. Some tried to stop her from addressing a women's rights convention in Akron, Ohio, in 1851. They feared that her appearance there would weaken the cause of the abolitionist movement. But truth spoke anyway calling out the racism of the women in her audience in what would be known as her most famous speech. An observer recounted some of her words. I have borne children and seen most of them sold into slavery. And when I cried out with a mother's grief, none but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? When the Civil War broke out, Sojourner Truth solicited supplies for the Union Army's Black Volunteer Regiments. By the end of the Civil War, Sojourner Truth was nearly 70, but age did not slow her down. She had met with Abraham Lincoln, petitioned the government to make Western lands available to freed Blacks, and made countless speeches on behalf of African Americans and women. When she died at the age of 86, the former Isabella Baumfrey, who had long ago discarded her slave name, left the world with a truly magnificent legacy. 
the testimony of the woman, Sojourner Truth, courageous and free. The Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast is the audio companion to my book, Vintage Saints and Sinners, 25 Christians Who Transformed My Faith. To learn more, visit my website, karenwrightmarsh.com. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes and invite your friends to join us. Now for my conversation about Sojourner Truth with Natasha Sistrunk Robinson. Well, I am so happy to introduce Natasha Sistrunk Robinson, a leadership consultant, mentoring coach, and the visionary founder of the nonprofit Leadership Links. Natasha is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy and of Gordon-Conwell Seminary. She served as an officer in the Marine Corps. Her wonderful new book is A Sojourner's Truth, Choosing Freedom and Courage in a Divided World. Welcome to the Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast, Natasha. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Karen. Well, I have been looking forward to talking to you, and I would love to know more about your nonprofit, Leadership Links. You've got a mission to intentionally encourage and equip the next generation for innovation, entrepreneurship, and executive leadership. You connect people to their purpose. How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, We started our nonprofit in 2015 and our mission, actually, we provide leadership education and we say that education facilitates impactful living, character and spiritual development. So we're looking at developing a leader holistically, but we're doing it in community. And so we started our programming for mentoring and leadership with middle and high school girls. Most of those girls are African-American. And so we're intentionally investing in that way and we'll expand our programming beyond that. And so while we are investing in the next generation, what we're doing is building an intergenerational multicultural network that can provide a lifelong support, encouragement, safety, professional development, leadership training, and creating access and opportunities for everyone in our network, but certainly all of us that are in the network are intentional in investing in the lives of young people. And so that's the twofold way that we are doing that, really connecting people with their purpose, which for us means God, right? Because God creates us and He He's the one that really helps us understand our, our being first before we start doing mm-hmm. and then connecting them to other like-minded people. Yeah, that sounds so exciting. And I've heard you talk about mentors and sponsors, and that kind of goes to that network idea and community idea that that we all, you know, enter into this work together. Your book opens with these words, there is power in bringing untold stories to light, the freedom to speak about the reality of suffering and death results in a freedom from denial. That is such a powerful statement. So in these few minutes that we have together now for our conversation today, I'd love to hear more about your idea of saints, to use that term broadly, of the the exemplars that you hold up for young people, the sinner saints who inspire you personally. Let's start with Sojourner Truth. What are two or three crucial facts that you most want these girls to know about Sojourner Truth herself? Yeah, so um, I think most people know that uh, Sojourner Truth was born 
a slave, I would say she was enslaved, is Isabella. And she actually changed her name to Sojourner Truth once she became free and an adult and started to write. I mean, not write, to, she was a great orator, actually. Um, so she never learned to read or write, which is very interesting. But yet her faith was strengthened and she was strengthened by the word that she heard. And she was able to deliver as far as a, being a public speaker. What I love about her story, though, is she was was a fighter for women's suffrage, so, so equity for women, but also equity for Black people. That really has inspired me. And then she was not afraid to use her voice and, and her agency. And so part of her story is that she was, she was married and she had children and one of her children was actually sold into slavery illegally. And she went to court and, you know, got her son, Peter, back. And um, that's just unheard of, unprecedented for, for that time, for sure. But not the only time that she's actually fought for her right, rights in court and actually won. And so I thought that was very, very, it's something that is inspiring to me concerning her, that she wasn't afraid to do mm -hmm. that. Um, and she wasn't willing to settle for whatever her plot or condition was in life. And I think the other part, there are a lot of fascinating things about her, actually. But I think one of the ones, though, I think is interesting to point out is I remember growing up, I, I, I knew her, uh, like I knew of her and her name would come up. And what always came afterwards was, ain't I a woman? And, you know, it wasn't until I read more about her life and story to realize that she didn't really actually say that, right? Um, it, was a, it was a refrain that was kind of put into her mouth with someone that was uh, at the event and reported, you know, what was said. She kind of wrote an article about it and put that refrain and that's kind of the thing that became the headline, but it's not actually something that she actually spoke. And so when I think about the quote that you quoted from a Sojourner's Truth, my book, it just made me think even more about the importance of people telling their own stories and how we remember people, you know, not just for what they did or who they were, but also what other people wrote about them. And that's the probably be the same thing for our, our lives as well. You do so much work mentoring and coaching, and you're such an expert in leadership. And of course, Sojourner Truth was a leader in so many ways. When you look at her life and her story, from your point of view, how do you think she connected to her purpose? Well, uh, one thing was very evident was uh, her faith. I mean, her faith was was extremely important to her. And I think even though she was illiterate for all intents and purposes, she was very much an intellectual. Like, so she understood things um, and she would have people read the Bible to her over and over to the point that she would memorize the text because it had been read to her so often. And quite frankly, that's how I memorize scripture too. I, I don't do well with rote memorization. I normally memorize the text because I've just read it a lot of times. And so that's how she was able to, um, like literally the word says, hide the word in her heart. And so I think that's that's um, pretty fascinating. So that sustained her in all the times and transitions that she had in life. And she had many. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, just looking at a life like hers with all the ups and downs and turns and the unexpectancy of what could happen just because of who she was, like embodying, uh, having a Black body, really. I think that the hope 
that she had in life to keep going and keep fighting and the freedom to actually use her voice was directly motivated for who she believed God to be and who she believed God purposed her to be. Yeah, yeah. What do you think are the leadership lessons that Sojourner Truth teaches to you and to the the children, the young people that you mentor? Hmm, yeah, I think there are a few. She really challenged herself and, and took risks, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, became a frequent traveler. And she spoke a lot to a lot of different groups of people. I mean, she would stand in front of all white audiences and all male audiences. And and she even spoke with President Lincoln. I mean, the fact that her acclaim rose to such a degree that she was able to, you know, stand toe to toe with people that were beyond her quote unquote station in life. And so I think that that requires a quite a bit of persistence and tenacity and confidence in, again, who you are. And so I think all those things, like always believe like the being comes before the doing. That is such a great motto. Uh, the being comes before the doing. And of course, she had to believe in who God made her to be because the world around her certainly would not have affirmed her value when you look at her biography. And as you said, her resources were so limited, and yet she just carried on. Her courage is just remarkable. Well, I love talking to you about Sojourner Truth, Natasha, and I what a wonderful title for a book, A Sojourner's Truth, Choosing Freedom and Courage in a Divided World. Thank you for being with me on the Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast, Natasha. Thank you for having me. In her long life, Sojourner Truth blazed a trail that still shines today. And each in their own way, Sojourner Truth and Natasha Sistrunk Robinson show us what a godly leader looks like. A person of vision who is willing to take risks, speak up, and make pathways for others. May God help each of us to be more like that and lead with courage wherever we are. Karen Wright Marsh, the Executive Director of Theological Horizons, a ministry based in Charlottesville at the University of Virginia. I'd love to hear from you. Come by my website, karenwrightmarsh.com. There you'll find show notes and learn about my book, Vintage Saints and Sinners. Download free printable study guides for your small group or just for yourself and keep the conversation going. Thanks to the generosity of the Lloyd and Vivian Noble Foundation and to the Friends of Theological Horizons. The Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast is produced by Gabriel Hunter Chang. Our music is by Will Marsh of Gold Connections.